Hey there, in today's video, we're talking about the Chewitzen Method. It's a habit building system I built back in 2016 to build healthy habits and not be so self-critical. And I think you might find it helpful as well. That said, we can thank Renee Warren, the founder of We Wild Women, for getting this system out into the world because I have been very self-conscious about sharing it with anyone because it's really nerdy. So she asked me to teach it in a masterclass that is linked in the description. And that's helpful because you can see slides and visuals. And so for that reason, I decided to record this again so I could describe it in a audio only way. And you could understand what the heck this weird little habit building system is and decide if it's something you want to use as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into it. Hey there, this podcast was created for those of you trying to answer this question. How do I build my career to have a big impact on my community? allow more time and geographic freedom, and make money to support me and my family. I am Meredith Noble, author of bestseller, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn, and co-founder of LearnGrantWriting.org with my soul sister and operations boss babe, Alex Lustig. Alrighty, let's hit it. All right, tell me if you can relate to this. This tends to be, I think, my, my type A's out there. You are your own worst critic and you maybe needed to take a rest day, but you beat yourself up because you weren't exercising or making enough progress on your non-work to-do list. Whatever it is, you're always kind of beating yourself up for not doing your best. And the thing is, I love that you have high standards. You have high standards for yourself, for your partner, for your kids, etc. That's cool. And you have bold ambitions. And so you know that you're capable of a lot more. You're showing up consistently to make your dreams come true. I get all of that. And when I noticed that that hunger and that drive was often in conflict with each other was when I was training for my first ever long distance mountain bike race. So I went from, I moved to Alaska, it was 2015, and I had never ridden a bike over 15 miles at a time. And I guarantee there were a lot of gummy bear snacks breaks on the way. And now I was training for a race that I would not stop. And I would give my all for literally nearly a hundred miles. And I noticed that I had a lot of hurtful self-talk while I was preparing for that. I felt like I was never good enough and I never really identified with the term not good enough. But now that I've reflected on it, I realized actually I did feel that way. Not eating well enough, not training hard enough, not resting enough, stretched very thin at work. And so I had this aha moment. And I realized not all days are meant to be equal. A bad day doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. What matters is that the trend line improves over time. And I realized I just need to be done with this whole beating myself up to be better and build a system so it's not all in my head to rate and gauge if I was quote healthy or not that day, right? And that's what led to the Chewitzen method. I'll explain where that word came from. It's a Koyakon Athabaskan word. And it was originally, the system was simply called the point system because I couldn't come up with a better name, but hang tight for that story. And so what is it? It is a habit building system that is gentle to stop being overly self-critical and instead build sustaining behaviors that make you feel really healthy and happy. So how does it work? So first of all, you build a checklist of habits. So it's two columns, checklist of the habits you want to build, right? So mine, I'll give you some examples, eight hours of sleep in bed by 10.30, I woke feeling rested, I read a book, I did not have my phone on an hour before bed, a 10-minute meditation, morning yoga and abs, I put lids on things, literally it can be weird habits, like I 
noticed that I was always knocking things over, making a mess, and then making more work for myself. And I thought, you know, if I could just build the habit of putting lids on things, I would have less messes to clean up, right? It can be whatever weird habits you want to build. Uh, Let's see. What would be another one? Wearing my retainer. It's a new habit I'm working on. Not overextending or overdoing it. Uh, Good gut health. Not being rushed, right? Those are things I'm really working on. Picking up the day's mess, no cussing, some days better than others. Journaling, did something nice for someone else, right? So you get the idea. And what's cool about this is that you can customize it for yourself. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Basically, you take this point system, you laminate it, and then you mark off each morning what you did the day prior. Now, how that works is in the morning, baked into my morning routine, I have a half page journal entry and it captures how many points I got the previous day and it tracks other health health outcomes that I care about. So what I personally track at this time is the date, hours of sleep, the quality of my sleep, how my body feels, the food I ate previously, exercise, what I'm thankful for, my priority for the day, one, just one, and my intention. In the past, I used to track things like even my heart rate, my morning heart rate, because I was training, right? Now I don't do that. So this is a simple half-page journal entry. It's very, it's manual. It doesn't take more than five minutes, but I can capture the previous day and capture the points that I earned for that day. Then I track that trend line. So I have on the journal, I have a, basically you turn it hot dog style and you have How many points is on the y-axis and the x-axis is the day, 1 through 30. So the point is I don't really care about a single point in time. Maybe I go out with girlfriends, I stay up way late, I eat a bunch of junk food, right? That's fine, whatever. But if I'm doing that every day of the week, that's a problem. So the thing I'm looking to track is what is the trend line? Is the trend line generally tracking up? Or if it's going down, that is a warning indicator that I need to course correct or I'm going to get sick and burn out. So I took it even one nerdy level uh, further, and that is looking at literally charting it in a Google spreadsheet, which I have linked for you in the description notes below. So you can easily build it and it'll automatically put in your trend line. I mean, this is like Excel, super basic. I don't have great skills. So this is just a really easy way to do it, but I can just plug in those numbers, build the trend line and I can see, okay, how did I do this month? Is it, did I generally get healthier, happier, better habits, or was it in decline? And if it's in decline, what happened and what am I going to do to prevent that from happening again? Right? So it's really an interesting way to Take data to assess your behavior over time and get out of the minutia of day-to-day beating yourself up. So why does it work? Like I said, it allows you to have bigger picture thinking, which is impossible to do consciously. I can't look back on my 30 days and tell you what that trend line looks like. I have to visually look at it. It takes the pressure off of being perfect And you're just caring, is the trend line generally increasing, right? Am I generally getting a little bit healthier over time? And it also works because it brings out your inner healthy competitive side. 
right? So the other thing that's super fabulous about this is that you are going to learn what is your keystone habit. Now, when I say keystone, what I mean by that is if you look at a beautiful old arch, let's say you're in Europe, you're walking through a beautiful arch, that top stone is the keystone. That's what actually makes the arch architecturally possible. And what you'll find is that there is one keystone habit that influences getting several other habits. And when you know what that habit is, you really prioritize making sure it happens. And that habit tends to be actually a little bit hard for you to achieve. So for me, that's getting in bed by 1030. For, I'm in Alaska. Okay. That might seem ridiculously late, but in the summer when it's really never dark, you really can be out hiking until midnight and come home and have dinner. And you're like, Whoa, it's 1am. I'm not kidding. So that's mine. I got to get my little tushy into bed and then I don't eat junk food. I don't get on social media. I read a book. I awake feeling rested. I get out eight hours of sleep, right? All these great things happen. If I just get my little booty into bed, when I gave this presentation at the We Wild Women webinar or masterclass, Renee shared that her keystone habit is going to CrossFit. Often it takes a lot of energy to actually get your butt out the door and to the gym and put your shoes on and go do it. But if she does it, she says she's a better parent. She works more efficiently. She has more energy, right? There's all these amazing things that come from her making sure she goes to CrossFit. Now let's loop back real quickly to why the name Chewitzen. All right, I'm going to spell it. So it's C-H-E-G-H-W-E-T-S-E-N, Chewitzen. It's a Khoikhan Athabascan word for true love. It's the term that was used when I described this point system to a group of individuals that are aspiring grant writers in the interior of Alaska. And they just, when I was telling them about this, again, I used to only tell people about it in small groups or individually. I never really talked about it publicly. They said, wow, that's true love. And I thought, gosh, that is so entirely the most perfect word because taking care of yourself, your health, being gentle, that is true love. And ever since then, I was pleased to finally come up with a name with this method, and we can now all call it the Chewitzen Method. Okay, so I want you to build your own and give it a go. Here are a couple things I recommend to get started. First of all, I would write out the habits that you want to build over time on a piece of paper first. So draw out two columns and write down all the habits you want to build. They're not always going to happen in the same day. Keep in mind that I have a point system that is around rest day when needed, and then there's a point for cardio, right? Or strength building. And so obviously you're not going to have a cardio and strength building day and a rest day when needed, right? So a lot of times you're you're looking at what are all the, all the behaviors you want to be achieving over time. And sometimes they're not all going to happen on the same day. So why I recommend you first do this paper manually is that you're going to think about new habits over the week or the first two weeks of using this. So if you go to the trouble of laminating it, you're going to realize that there's habits you want to take and remove from the list or add. So wait until you're happy with it and then laminate it. Now, if you're thinking, where the heck am I going to get a laminator? I don't know about you, but I think laminating is one of the simplest pleasures in life. It is so fun. I don't know. It's like my little inner craft. You can get one inexpensively online. And it's useful because I've now started making checklists for all parts of my life, like a morning checklist and an evening checklist. It's on the fridge. Use it for your kids. Have them have their morning checklist so you're not hounding them to go brush their teeth. They can actually just use their own checklist to remember the tasks that they need to do every day. So it's a really powerful way to honestly just start bringing more systems into your life beyond just a morning uh, habit building system.
So I am curious if you could see yourself using something like this. You're totally welcome to DM me in Instagram directly at Meredith.Noble. I'm always curious if you would actually use this. If you're not, no worries. Like literally it doesn't hurt my feelings at all, but it has really helped me. So the other thing I noticed is that what's cool about it is it only takes five minutes to do. So dedicate some time in the morning, bake it into your morning routine, and it's a really easy way to make it happen. And I'll be honest with you, developing a routine is very challenging for me, and that's partly why I've had to work on it so hard, but I've noticed that if you have a strong morning and afternoon or evening routine and your day goes to bananas, it doesn't really matter because you can anchor yourself in that AM, PM routine and reset. So... The thing I want you to really take away from this is that progress is better than perfection. Realistically, I probably use the point system four to five days a week. I don't do it every day. It's okay, but I'm general. I'm not, of course, just tracking the good days, but it just happens to be that I'm not perfect every day, but I am getting it on the whole, uh, you know, more times than not. So what is the power behind checklists? The book I recommend reading that will really open your mind and eyes to this is by the Atul Gawande, the checklist manifesto, how to get things right. And he talks about how health outcomes, literally infections in hospitals goes down dramatically when there's a basic 10 step checklist for everyone walking into a patient's bedroom or room. And I thought, wow, that's so fascinating. And up here, there's a lot of individual pilots. Everyone has these small bush planes. And there is a there are a lot of checklists involved in flying your own plane, doing a checklist, pre-flight checklist before you take off and this and that, right? And it's not all sounds like drastic life or death type scenarios, but it's actually the same thing for us. Your daily health is as important as a medical procedure or a plane flight. And so... The power of building more checklists into your life is then it allows you to save that critical thinking brain power for activities that actually move your life forward and you care about that get you towards your goals. And instead, you're not expending all of that willpower and energy thinking about things that you don't need to be holding in your brain. That's why, for instance, it's completely fruitless to try to remember your to-do list in your head write it down, get it out of your head, and it's going to make things so much more better. Okay, so that is the Chewitzen method in a nutshell. Build your habit building list in two columns. You can download a template for that in the description below. You can start filling it out, getting to know what habits you want to be building over time. Then laminate it, get yourself a simple journal where you can track a half page of the information you care about tracking, and give it a go. I would absolutely love to know what you think. Now, there is one more layer I would like to talk about. So I think a lot of times people look at the way I run my life and they think, oh my gosh, you're a machine. You're perfect at habit building. You're filled with an abundance of energy. You clearly have the perfectly run life. And it's not quite true. But I work very, very hard on putting systems into place because I know that I'm not super consistent and that I and I know that I want to achieve some wonderful things in my life and so systems really help. One thing that really inspired me recently, this has just been a huge awakening if you will. In the last 6 months realizing my health is kind of not where I need it to be and I didn't have a lot of grounding in where I was living and just all of this transition was happening and it was very destabilizing. 
and it just felt like a lot of chaos and I was really struggling to get on top of it. So I was listening to a podcast by Cal Newport. It was actually an episode that the Ezra Klein show put on. It's called Stop, Breathe, We Can't Keep Working Like This. And it was really eye-opening. Essentially, he talked about a few things that I, I wanted to share with you. Number one, he said that we're all often working a second unpaid shift. So what that means is that we are working our full-time jobs, you are coming home and have that full-time job, and then you're ultimately working a second unpaid job, which is weekends, mornings, late at night, because that's when you actually are distraction-free and can get deep work done. And the reason this is not happening in our regular Monday through Friday is that we're inundated with meetings, Slack messages, phone calls, distractions, and you simply can't get into a deep work state of mind when you're operating on that sort of, I don't know, it's it's just a, a state of mind that simply is not conducive to deep work when you're getting distracted. So I knew that that's not been working out great. I felt like my team was frazzled. I felt like Alex was burning out. I certainly felt like I was burning out. It's like, this is not working. We've got to do something radically different. The second point that was made in that podcast that I'll never forget was talking about Henry Ford and his innovation with the assembly line to make the Model T. We talk about it as if he just made a single leap from everyone manufacturing a car beginning to end to the assembly line as if that was just something done overnight. And the reality is the struggle is so underappreciated. He tried out all kinds of different systems. It took a lot of money. There was resistance to change. It was not a pretty picture to arrive at a new system. I believe that the way we live and work is really due, overdue, for a system overhaul like Henry Ford completed for the vehicle. And the only thing I have control over when it comes to trying to recalibrate and explore and iterate on a new way of living, living, working, and operating is within my own life and within the company Learn Grant Writing. What I realized was I have to change so that the company culture can change. And I want to use business as a vehicle for change. And if we can figure it out here, I can roll it out into the Grant Writing Unicorn Collective and share that internally with my community of grant writers. Okay, so all of that said, it got me thinking and I started writing a blog post about the way I live, operate, and feel isn't working. I've been trying new ways and nothing is really feeling like it's shifting enough to be effective, right? I've got pretty effective habits with the point system, but there was still this this other level of breakthrough that I was quite hungry for, am quite hungry for, hungry for present tense. So I started writing this blog post Sunday morning, very leisurely, drinking my green tea, hanging on the couch, starting to write a blog post, which I literally only do like once a year. I need to write more. It's actually on my point system to do some creative writing, which is probably the point I get the least of because I do a lot of writing in the business. But anyway, this was where I was just jotting down ideas, etc. And I hear a whistle. And I thought at first, is that the dogs barking? Is it a snowplow that's backing up and making sounds? Like I just couldn't figure out what it was and finally, and it wasn't going away. And so if there's anything I learned from the week before, where I literally was experiencing the snowpocalypse here in Valdez, Alaska, it was snowing so much. It was like, I swear, five feet in a week. And I literally felt like I was getting buried alive because my little bobcat skid steer 
broke the snowplow that I'd used to clear out the tunnels between the house and the office was, I took all my physical strength to move that thing around and keep the snow uh, cleared. Literally, it was a four inches of snow fell during an hour and a half long coaching call. I mean, that is the magnitude and pace at which these big, beautiful flakes were falling. And I was physically worked. I mean, shoveling, using that snowplow, dealing with trying to get the skid steer running again. And keep in mind, I'm just a tiny little thing. I'm 5'2 on a good day. So when the skid steer broke, that's when I was in a lot of trouble because I realized that there's not, literally I was going to get snowed in. If I, if there was more than about 11 inches of snow on the ground, there's no way I'd be able to drive out and I'm snowed in. What ended up happening is the starter had blown and I figured this out because I was negotiating baked treats with the neighbors to try to come plow me out with their larger equipment. Um, the guy, Dwayne, that runs the, the big loader up the main road, he calls my little skid steer the teaspoon. <laughs> so it's true. It feels like you're moving snow with a teaspoon, not a huge, I don't know, three gallon bucket. He helps me figure out that essentially the battery hat that I replaced with it this summer was too small. And so it wasn't getting enough voltage to the starter, which is why the skid steer barely started. And because it was always barely starting, I actually fried it. And all of this expense of a new battery, a new starter, flying it from Anchorage to Valdez on a remote flight and basically finding someone to help me install it was like $1,200. I mean, it was a really expensive ordeal and stressful. What I took away from that whole experience was if I had been paying attention and acknowledging that something was wrong, the fact that the skid steer barely starts every time for the last six months, I could have solved that problem with putting in a correct size battery and saved the starter and all the trouble. But instead I let it go and I didn't investigate. So back to the story, when the whistle was going off, that's when I realized I need to go look into it. And I guess, I don't know if I should be sharing this whole story or not. I guess I'll just give the quick version, but the long version is available on YouTube or I'll, maybe I'll make it as a separate playlist or podcast episode. But essentially I went over to investigate where the sound was coming from, walked into what Alex and I have been using as an office, saw the Toyo stove, which is our heater, was backfiring. And so I ran to it to hit the off button because it literally sounded like it was about to blow up. And ironically, the house blew up. I'm not kidding. It's funny. I, it's actually not that funny, but I have, it just always sends shivers down my back. The reason the house blew up is because I didn't realize this at the time, but snow had fallen off the back of the house. It had hit the gas line, ripped the gas line off of the wall. And it had started to fill this fake tiny house basement with propane, which I did not smell when I walked into the tiny house. And so by hitting that electric stove, the electric and heating fuel stove, I basically, you know, that was when this explosion happened. All right. So just some quick fun facts about what that experience was like. Literally the house lifted itself up entirely and shifted a foot. There was insulation from underneath the house, 50 feet away, which is sizable because our snow piles are gargantuous. Uh, I mean, it was nuts. In fact, there is a camera on the front of the porch, a security camera, and it only records if there's movement. And it actually caught the explosion because it was moving right before power went out. So you can actually see the explosion just exploding out the basement, this quote, fake basement of this tiny house. It was nuts. I share that because it changed my life. 
for one, and I'm still definitely processing it. But the other thing is we all have wake up call moments in our lives. And I'm curious what those wake up call moments have been in your life. Unfortunately, wake up call moments in my life have had to be pretty freaking dramatic to get my attention. And that's why I think the universe really had to go to great measures to stick me in a house that was going to have a gas leak explosion, which could have been so much worse. I'm lucky to be alive. I'm not injured. I mean, really, it's something that could have actually maimed or killed me. And so the fact that I walked away unscathed, aside from definitely some PTSD, that's pretty light. I'm going to be able to handle it. But it's it goes to show we, we all have these these in our lives. And so if we're paying attention, we can do something about it before it becomes these full-fledged disasters. And so what that led to was really accelerating this hunger for a slower way of operating to still deliver amazing service and experiences to members in the Grant Writing Unicorn Collective, to anything that Alex and I and the team do, but do it in a way that is really radically different. And the experiment that we decided to start with was Deep Work Wednesday, which is literally no email, no Slack, no nothing on Wednesdays. It's just Deep Work Day. You dig in and you do something amazing and meaningful and everyone really loved it. It had a huge, I don't know, I guess as it was put by Crystal, it was life-giving to not feel like you had to be on Slack and responding to people or monitoring the application. So This is what I want to make a point on. Habit building is hard, right? So just even getting the Chewitson system into play, you'll realize, boy, it's actually really hard for me to get in bed at this time or I'm having trouble actually achieving this or that goal. But it's important that you start with changing your habits and knowing that you can change them. For instance, I now make my bed every day. There's no question about it. I just do it. And that's not something I even have to have on my point system anymore because I have changed that habit permanently. But when it comes time to behavior changing, that is a lot harder. And the reason it's so hard is that it feels like it's baked into your personality. Like it's something fundamental to who you are. Something that feels very fundamental to who I am is pushing it really hard. Really ask any of the people in my life and they will just tell you Meredith goes 110 miles per hour until she can't. Anyone will tell you that. So when I get out on the slopes, on touring a backcountry ski day, all I want to do is get to the top as fast as possible. And it feels like, how do I, how would I ever stop that? That's so baked into who we are. But what I've learned is that that also is my shadow, my shadow that can get out and bite me in the butt and have a negative impact on relationships in my life. Like being impatient, rushing, overdoing it, getting sick. So what I've found to be helpful is asking a handful of people to be my accountability buddies. So here are my shadow tendencies. I'm working on these so I can have long-term behavioral change in my life. Please help hold me accountable. And that's been really useful for those that are close to me in my inner circle to say, Meredith, we don't need to be rushing right now. Slow it way down, right? And also to share the wins of, hey, I would just like to acknowledge that I did this and didn't completely burn myself out, right? So that was a lot to cover. And it's something that I just want you to be thinking about in terms of how are you bringing healthy habits into your life? Because if there's one thing I've found, it's that achieving success in your life, no matter what it is that you're trying to accomplish, the technical piece is so small in the big scheme of things. It's the person we have to become to have that thing we want. And so if you focus on 
who is the person I have to become to have that thing I want, you will then get that thing you want. So give it the Chewitzen system a go. Give it a try. I'd love to know what you think about it for your own personal habit and wellness building. Would love to hear if you're applying any other checklists and procedures into your own life and business. And if you end up applying any deep work experiments to your life so that you're working smarter and not harder. All right, friends, I think that's it. That's all I have for now. But if you have any questions, you have any ideas, you want to use the system, use the basically pop down below into the description and you will find a link and uh, instructions on how to do it. And I would love to see a screenshot of your point system sent over in my Instagram DM. All right, everybody, that's it. Have a great week and chat with you later. Bye. If you are burned out in your career, but you know you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you aren't even sure you will like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without prior experience. So you can build that vision you have for your life faster. Two other resources that check out would be our free grant writing class on the website, learngrantwriting.org, and picking up a copy of my newest book, the second edition of how to write a grant, become a grant writing unicorn. It's on Amazon or shop local and request it through your local bookstore. Okay. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to shoot us a DM on Instagram at learn grant writing. Alex and I love talking to you and that is it for now. So go forth and be a grant writing unicorn.